Hello, it's Julie's Story. This is Julie's Story Podcast, the comedic podcast for babes building empires. Welcome. Get sat down because I'm about to tell you about the great hair disaster of 2019. That story is coming at you hot. Also, talking about some vulnerability, sharing some vulnerable stories. Talking about that one time I was crying in the airport because somebody was nice nasty. Got lots to tell you today. I hope you enjoy. And all that's coming at you right after these messages from the amazing people that make this podcast possible, my sponsors. Hello, podcasters. We're here today. (laughs) We're here today and I'm here today. Um, I just, in the, in the honor, the honor of keeping it real as I have throughout this whole podcast, I'm going to tell you, um, it is tsunami hurricane season over here. There's a lot of different things going on. And, um, you know, those times are just like, I just need a hug. And this podcast is this hug for me. So I'm really thankful for this podcast. I'm just going to hug my, my microphone right now. It's just like my little, like mini escape where I can just like, let my hair down and say, everything is not perfect, but that's okay. And I love the questions I told you a couple of podcasts ago. What are you learning from it? And what are you going to do different next time? And those are the questions I keep reminding myself. But in the middle of that, I'm taking lots of brain breaks so that I can just refresh, unwind, relax, and catch up on The Bachelor. But anyway, um, I told you episode 53 of this podcast of the great hair debacle disaster. And I just wanted to tell you that I trumped that hair disaster with that day that I went to the hairstylist. I trumped it. And I'm going to tell you the whole story right here because in honor of my podcast and transparency, I'm going to give you all the tea of the hair disaster 2.0. I, um, this, this hair disaster started a long time ago. You're going to meet a lot of characters in this story. The first character that you're going to meet is the pink shampoo that I decided to do like a leave and wash with the pink shampoo in my hair. Now, when I started doing colors, I don't know if you've ever done colors. I feel like this is like, it's such a trend right now, but it's something that you really have to be bold about. Like it was, it was a, I had a moment where, and I even had this on my IGTV. I like shared the whole journey of going pink and the photo shoot that I did it for and all this stuff. I was like so self-conscious about it. I put it in and I was like freaking out a little bit. And then I went to Walmart and I swore everybody was looking at me, which they absolutely weren't. And it just was like, oh my gosh, this is so crazy. And then I really started to love it. And then I thought, what is it that I really want to do? And I really wanted to do blue, but then I talked myself out of it and decided to do fuchsia. And then my husband's like, but I thought you really wanted to do blue. And so I went back to the store and traded the fuchsia in for blue. And then I did blue. So that's the backstory. Also, as you know, in this comedic podcast for empires that are for empires, comedic podcast for empires, <laughs> for babes building empires, slow down, Juju comedic podcast for babes that are building empires. We're going to talk about branding in this whole debacle as well, because this podcast could have gone two different ways. One, it could have gone really awesome. I'm going to just share all the rave reviews about the product I was using. But two, that's the direction it's really going to go in because 
I had some things go down with this hair product. Now, I debated whether or not to share the name of the hair product, but I've shared it before online. So I'm going to share it now, and I'm going to tell you all the greatness of it. Like, a ju- This is my space to be real and raw. I never want to like come across as like negative, like I'm just not a negative person at all. But I feel like for the sake of the story, I have to be honest. I can't not tell you what happened because I feel like it's a public service announcement. One, make sure in your brand that you're really, really clear about the details. And two, always make sure your clients have a wonderful experience start to finish with you. So this particular hair product, I've seen a couple of my other friends use it. One of them in particular is an influencer. She's amazing. She's the most beautiful babe hair ever, and she um, uses this product. So I thought, I'm going to use it. So the product is Arctic Fox. Now, Arctic Fox hair dye is a semi-permanent hair dye that you put in, and it fades out. So it says, lasts up to 40 washes on the bottle or something around there, which was great because that meant for me, I wasn't committing to anything, but I could have fun. And it said that it was really good for your hair, and it's vegan, and it'll do your taxes, and you know, make your kids eat vegetables. Like It did everything. So I'm like, this is amazing. Plus, it smelled like cherries. That was a, definitely a selling point for me. It smelled like cherries. So about a year ago, I did the pink in the summer and then I started doing the blue. I wish you could see my face right now. I'm rubbing my forehead with my eyes closed. That's how that's how I feel about what I'm about to tell you. So I started putting this hair dye in and I had the best time being a blue babe ever. It was just so liberating. It was so freeing. I was like, I don't care what people think. Like, I just love it. It's so much fun. It was great. And so it was time for a change for my hair. So I'm like, okay need to get my hair changed. I need to take this out and cover up some, um, they're not gray hairs. They're, they're glittery hairs, but just, they weren't in the placement that I wanted them to be in. So it's was like, you know, let's just get the whole hair covered. So my dad, who is an amazing entrepreneur boss who helps small businesses with their numbers. I have to do a little plug for my dad, by the way, hashtag not sponsored. My dad helps business creative owners like you and me do all of the numbers because we hate them. We don't want to do them. And it's really confusing. And we want to make sure that we're legal, but we don't know how to do that. And plus he helps businesses stay profitable while making educated and informative business decisions with their finances so that instead of just buying stuff because we want it, we make decisions that are actually going to help our business grow so that we don't have a negative bank balance. It's amazing. Like, and he's so brilliant at it. So he had this um, client over in Tampa area that he connected me with, and her name is Talia. Let me just tell you about Talia the hairdresser. Uh, that's her handle on Instagram. I want all of you to go follow her because she was amazing. She is the true hero of this story. I am not the hero. I am the villain that put in the Arctic Fox into my hair. Well, no. I'm the hero that got confused by the branding of Arctic Fox and Arctic Fox became the, that that sounds better. I like that better. So I was the hero. She's the fairy godmother. She was the guide that helped me get my act together. That that's the premise of the story. Here's the thing about Arctic Fox. I didn't know Arctic Fox was going to be the villain in the story. I didn't want Arctic Fox to be the villain. Arctic Fox was the hero in my life for a very long time. But then when I was done, when I was breaking up with Arctic Fox, we're going our separate ways. We dated for a year. I'm just, I'm not into you like I was before. You know, we just, we lost touch. Like we're just, it's just not working out. Um, He wouldn't go away. 
he would not leave. Uh, he wouldn't go. And this is what happened. So I go to Talia's. She's looking at my hair and she's wondering how in the world this product is going to respond to professional hair dye. And she's looking at it for a really long time and she comes up with an awesome plan. And we're like, great, we're going to try this to get this out. This is hour one. She foils my hair to highlight it. Then she colors my entire head brown, which is what I wanted. That hair dye would not get covered by brown. How does that even happen? How do you have a semi-permanent hair color that doesn't get covered by brown? We covered the whole head in brown. We, I just sat there while she was doing it. And it wouldn't cover, it turned my hair a brown green. So then she had to put this wash on while I was in the sink to try and remove the color. That didn't work. So then she had to brush out all of my hair, make this concoction with bleach, and bleach my hair. That did not work. It was green. My hair was still green. This was so crazy to me. Hours. I, we, the total time that it took was six and a half hours, if that gives you any indication. I was there from 4 o'clock until 10.30 at night. So she bleaches the hair, and then after she bleaches the hair, then she has to color the hair so that I don't just have bleached hair. It still isn't completely gone. I have to go back in for another little bit to get this out. The reason I'm telling you all of this, one, because it's a fun story. It's really dramatic. I mean, who doesn't love a dramatic podcast? I mean, I know that's why you're here. So it's great. But two, because do not believe everything you see on the internet. When I did research on this particular hair, this is your reminder. This is your public service announcement. This is your theme of the podcast. Even when you think you've done your research on a particular product or whatever, just know a lot of times there's a, um, the Wizard of Oz is hiding behind the curtain. So when I started researching this product, I went on their Instagram, which of course their entire Instagram is just babes that are like gorgeous with these beautiful colors in their hair. And then I went on YouTube. And I started watching all of these super amateur girls doing their hair. I'm also super amateur. Obviously, I'm the one who put this in my hair. And they're all like, oh, it's super easy to wash out. If you want to wash it out, you just do this, this, and this. And everybody's like, oh, it works. It's amazing. But what they don't tell you is that every hair texture is different. And depending upon what you do to your hair, it's going to come out differently. It's going to look differently. You could literally walk out of a hair salon after using products from Sally's or wherever. I love Sally's by the way. But using those types of products on your hair, like just a box dye, I guess. Not I don't want to no nothing against Sally's. I love Sally's. Sally's is great. But just box hair dye can completely and totally counteract with the goodness of professional hair products. You can leave with black hair, lime green hair, blonde green hair, which is what I had. I had brown green hair, also had that, and brown blonde and green still in it hair, which is currently what I have at this time. I went back while I was sitting there with her and looking through and she was so amazing. She was so sweet. Like she had so much patience and she's made it fun and interesting. And like we were joking around the whole time and like she was there so late and she just was such like, she was the fairy godmother that you hope comes along in your story. So as I was sitting there, I was looking back over Arctic Fox and some of the other girls that I know that use it. 
And the small, small detail print that they don't tell you, that they never tell you, is that if you have any blonde in your hair, you can put this color in. The color will not leave the blonde. Or if it does, it's going to take forever and a year to get it out. The girls that are using it have to bleach their hair to get it completely out. And I mean, I was told that I wasn't the best at taking care of my hair. Apparently, if you leave it up in a bun while you sleep and you don't get it trimmed for two years, like those are not good hair habits. I wouldn't recommend either of those things at all. Also, wouldn't recommend if you have blonde highlights, putting a rad color over it unless you want to bleach it. And I was told that because of the condition of my hair, if I put a color in it again and I have to bleach it, I will then have a bob because my hair, my hair and I have some relationship counseling that we need to go through. Apparently I, I, you know, and I want to take responsibility, you know, like I, I didn't come into this saying I got this all figured out. I actually came into this going, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Let me just try more dry shampoo and um, a lot more hairspray and just hope for the best. Like everything that, that Talia was asking me as she was doing my hair, like, do you use a heat protectant? And I'm like, <laughs> sometimes she's like, girl. And then it's like, would you wear a bun at night? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And she's like, girl. And I'm like, what? Like all the, like I'm just doing the, like, I just am not, I don't know how to take care of my hair. This is I this is one of the reasons why like I I would love to work with more hairstylists because I feel like as somebody who needs help like there's so many lead captures waiting to be created for hairstylists like you have women that are online that are sharing like not good stories like hey you should just put coconut oil oil in your hair and then when I go talk to other hairstylists they're like, hey, if you put coconut oil or any kind of food in your hair, bed bugs will come and eat the food out of your hair. So don't be doing that. But people like me don't know that. We're like, we just put egg and avocado and pizza on Fridays in there and it's great. This is so great. Like, we just like, we're those people. Like, why are we those people? I don't know. Like, I just grew myself right in there. But in those six and a half hours were so informative to me. Like, I feel like I just have to share the wealth. Like, get your hair cut, ladies. Get it trimmed. Um, if you have a lot of dead ends, you're probably going to want to cut them off, which I'm going in for a haircut, uh, to get mine adjusted so that we can get back to where we began. I heard Tony Robbins say, if you treat your relationship like you did when you first started it, then you'll never end it. And I've been thinking about that a lot, um, in my own just relationship with Andre, but also now in my relationship with my hair, it's like, how did I treat it when I was younger? How did I treat I was styling it every I was really honoring the hair that I had. And these days, I mean currently it's in bun right now. This is this and like I asked her too about why I have so many gray hairs and she said, "Well, it could be caused by stress." And I was like, <laughs> Does not have any stress? Have you listened to my podcast? Like 72 episodes of everything's amazing. Have you seen like everything I'm posting? I'm just keeping it real. It's like my life has no drama. It's just fun every day. And there's nothing crazy that's ever happened. It's just doing my thing and being the best. Like, no, no, folks. That's, that's not... <laughs> That's not my podcast. I hope that one day that I just can go a good 52 episodes where I'm just like, 
everything's amazing and nothing's the worst. And I'm being really dramatic because even if something is, even if it's raining, and I've told you this before, even if it's raining in my life or in your life, there's always good. And if you can find the good, I used to tell my kids this when they were little and now they just roll their eyes. If you can find the good in it and gratitude, and that's not like ignoring the fact that there's stuff going on, but just finding those like little glimmers of moments and like looking for the breath of air, even if that's going outside or even if that's just like hugging your dog or even if that's taking a small mini morning rest because you're absolutely exhausted, you know, just finding those little moments of just like recharge and then reaching out to people and saying, hey, like... I need something right now. And I was thinking about this today because um, I think, and I'm an introvert, so I think sometimes it's tough when you're in the middle of your moment to like reach out to a friend, like phone a friend, because you're like, I don't want to use that lifeline. I can complete who wants to um, have their life explode. I can complete that on my own. Like I don't need to phone a friend, but you know, reaching out and I've done that. I think it's really important reaching out and just saying, Hey, like everything's not the best. Like I'm good, but you know, I just could use like a hug if that's prayer, if that's a coffee, if that's whatever, I think it's really brave. And like, I feel like as a warrior queen, which by the way, when you search in your, uh, text messages, if you try and send a gif of a warrior queen, not that I tried to do that today or anything, one doesn't exist. So if anybody wants to take any of my YouTube videos and just make a GIF and just call it Warrior Queen and just we'll just use that until we can get yours up there, that's fine. But um, I think that's part of like being in journey is realizing in the middle of those moments, like what is it that I need and being brave enough to reach out to someone and say, hey, you know, everything's not the best, but I'm good and I just need, you know, I just need a rock right now. I just need um, just some encouragement. I don't think that we do that enough. And by we, I mean you and me. I I definitely would admit that I need to do that more. I think sometimes I just feel like, um, you know, whatever's going on in my life is is my stuff and everybody's got their stuff. But there's something really beautiful about stopping in the middle of your moment and just being vulnerable. I mean, vulnerability is so incredibly powerful. I've seen this at work in brands in such a beautiful and powerful way. And the times that I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in other individuals and the way that they um, use their, their voice inside their brand to be transparent and be vulnerable, it actually builds stronger connections with the people that we're wanting to work with or leads that we're wanting to work with, but being vulnerable and being willing to, you know, say, Hey, I made a mistake or, Hey, I'm going to do this better or do this right. It's such a, like, it's such a huge, um, boost in, uh, brand, like if it's authentic, if it's not authentic, everybody will be able to feel it. But if it's such a boost in um, brand perception when the brand leader can step forward and say, hey, we didn't get this right. I heard this story about, I guess Build-A-Bear had this thing that was like free Build-A-Bear for everybody under a certain age uh, recently. And they didn't anticipate how many people – I heard um, the owner share the story on, on like YouTube clip clip. They didn't anticipate how many people would actually show up to this event. They just thought, we're going to give away free bears. Isn't this a great thing? Like kids that maybe couldn't get one before could come get one. 
And the response was so huge that they had to like shut it down. Like it was so much. They didn't have enough stock. They didn't have enough employees. Like it was way bigger than what they anticipated. And so they ended up giving away vouchers to everybody that was in line and said, hey, within the next year, you can come in anytime and get it. But it got so much negative backlash. And so she came out and did like a press release that was like, listen, like we just didn't know. And she's super vulnerable about it. And, you know, she, um, you know, apologized. And and I'm talking about it now on my podcast because she stepped up and said, hey, we didn't get this right. And we had no idea. And this was a mistake that we made, but we're really sorry. And like it built back up that brand reputation of like, oh, it's not just that they were being stingy or they weren't falling through. It's that they really, they just made a mistake as a business. And um, that's such good, like brand, that's such good brandness. It's just such good, like, oh, those times of vulnerability. I've seen this um, in my own self when I've had to take responsibility for things or like making mistakes or doing something like not falling through at a certain time or whatever it is, like during the moment of like serving a client because it doesn't matter if you're running a brand or not. Like you are, this is like, <laughs> where am I going with this? You're going to make a mistake. Like you, you are going to make mistakes in your brand. It is going to happen. Like how many times have you heard of a huge mistake that a brand makes? And like, I, oh man, one of the worst ones I heard recently was MySpace like lost 50 million songs from their like, because they've turned into a song streaming service. 50 million un, like unreachable songs. Like they could not get them back. It was just gone. And I just thought, oh my goodness, can you imagine that person that that made that mistake or however that went down where they just realized it in that moment, they just realized the absolute debacle of losing that much. Um, I never heard how they handled it. I just heard about the faux pas. Like I just heard about the mistake. Um, but yeah, there's so many different brands that just make those mistakes. And um, I think being vulnerable about that is really powerful. And I've seen that work in my brand too, where I made a mistake and then I gave my clients above and beyond. Like I gave them a lot of free stuff, lots of value, because like, I just wanted them to have a really great experience. Uh, and I didn't want them to to feel anything but like super excited and encouraged and all those and, you know, feel like that they were served. And it's like, hey, if I even if I made a small mistake, I was like on it. Um, I've seen it too where there have been various situations I've heard of in different groups and from other clients where you're serving someone and their expectations of you are way higher than what they paid for or what um, what's include like what's included in your package, what you want to be doing. Like you, maybe you don't want to stay at the wedding for additional five hours and be shooting for free, but the client's like, "But I thought this was a sixteen-hour package." Like you know, like you you hear these stories all the time. You're like, and you think about the client. And you're like, what were they thinking? You think about the business owner and you just want to hug them. But on the client side, I mean, we go into different service industries and we have huge expectations sometimes and and they get let down. So I think it's equally as important um, how we manage and handle our emotions and those things too when we're not served with excellence. Like it doesn't make any sense to me why in the middle of expectations being let down, why rudeness comes to that party. Like there's absolutely no reason. I'll tell you the story. 
Oh, I'm going to go in there. I have this story for you. I found a story that I didn't tell you before. Oh, I wish I could remember the um the airline name for the story I'm about to tell you because um it it was a moment that I was like, "Oh my gosh. I um I was going to Las Vegas for a photography related event and a girlfriend of mine who is amazing, Miss Sarah, who's awesome. I've talked about her on the podcast before. She's the one who had the little elf Back in, back in December, I told the story about this little elf, the elf on the shelf story. And um, I talked about her, which by the way, this Sarah Perkins is one of the most babe boss babes you will ever see. First of all, she's dropped at gorgeous. But second of all, this girl has an absolute heart of gold. Like I would crown her queen. Like she's so amazing. And she showed up in my story in the middle of a rough time. And I started sharing my story with her and I encouraged her in her story. And so she got me this journal and I still have it. And it was, I don't know. I just, she's just great. But um, she actually had gifted me um, a, you know, when um, you have somebody that works for the airline, they get like a plane. Gosh, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, standby seat. She gifted me a standby seat so that I could get to Vegas. So I go to the standby and how standby works when you have tickets like that is if the plane is full, you don't get to go. It's a no ghost rider. You are kicked off the island. So um, there's a bunch of us who are going. I think it was just like five girls that were all flying. We're trying to all get on the same standby. And three of the girls got on and two of us didn't. And I was one that didn't get on. And so um, when we were walking up to the standby flight, this is like, this is, this is a story about how I about cried in the middle of an airport. And you know that I don't cry. Like it takes me a lot. Talia actually said yesterday, like, wow, you didn't even cry. And we were contemplating bleaching my entire head and me losing half of my hair. And I was like, girl, listen, I've been through some stuff. Okay. This is just hair. I probably would have cried if it got bobbed. Anyway. So I cried in the airport, but I'm gonna tell you why. So we didn't get on that, that flight. And before we all had kind of got on there, this one hostess I had asked her, I said, listen, if all of us can't get on this flight, are the rest of us able to get on the next one? The next one's flying out to Vegas. And she's like, yeah, totally. No problem at all. You will, you will definitely get on the next one. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, wow, they really, they normally do not confirm a standby. That's not how standby works. I was like, wow. Okay. So the three girls get on and, um, or the three girls were, a couple of the girls got on. And, um, so, we get off and we check back around to her um, a little bit later or we go to the other um, – that's right. We went to the other plane that was supposed to take off, the next one that she said, oh, yeah, you can for sure get on. So I went over to that that hostess and I said, hey, listen, we have these standby flights. Um, the other girl said that we would for sure get on. I just want to make sure that we are able to get on. And that lady was like, no, you are not getting on this flight. And I was like, oh, she just snapped at me so hard. And I was like – I am not that person. Like I do not come up to any situation with like an attitude or anything like demanding. No, I just ask a question. She just bit my head off. I was like, why, why are you doing this? So she says to me, no, you are not getting on this flight. And I said, well, another one of your associates had like, I'm in, 
I am in customer service. Like I run a business, like I know how this works. So I, I was like, Hey, listen, you know, your other person said that we really would. And it's really inconvenient that we're not going to be able to get on this flight. Like, what are you going to be able to do for us? Because it's really inconvenient that not only was it communicated something that you're now telling me it's not that we can't do, but also you are, um, like you're not giving us any other options. You're just like, no. So she's like, you are not getting on this plane. Like you're just absolutely not getting on here. And I was like, well, what are you going to do for us? Because our experience now is you said one thing and now we're not getting on, like kind of like, what are you going to do? And I actually learned that technique on a YouTube video. That's like, Hey, if ever something ever happens like this, when you're working with a brand, just ask like, okay, like I understand it's really inconvenient, but what could you do to make my experience better? Because you're the customer. So she's like, you guys need to go have a seat. And if you can get on, we'll call you. She was so mean to me. She was so mean. So I went and sat down. She went and got her manager and also an airport security. And she walked right up to me. She went, she got the other lady, the airport security and the manager. Now I'm sitting there with a couple of my girlfriends and she walks right up to me and she's like, this girl, she points at me. She says, this girl was irate. She was angry. She was demanding. And she threatened talking to management to get everybody fired, including her friend, you know, the person that gave the tickets to us. And I was like, my face. I wish you could see my face right now. I was like, what? It felt like the twilight zone. I was like, wait, am I being punked right now? I was like, I have never in my life threatened anybody to get fired for anything. Like I would like, I'm not that person. I'm like, are you like looked around? Like, are you like, are you seriously talking to me? And she was like hands on her hips, like pointing at me in my face. And there's a security officer right there. And I just looked at her. I was like, I did not say that. I did not threaten to get anybody fired. What I did say was I asked what you were going to do because this was really inconvenient for us that we were told multiple things. And she was just like, well, I just don't think it's very nice that you would threaten to get somebody fired. That's one of your friends. And I was just like, oh my gosh. I was like, she went there and I was just like, listen, I'm really sorry for the misunderstanding. It was not my intention to offend anyone or cause any problems. I'm really tired and I would really like to get on a plane and I'm just being told multiple things. And she's just like, oh, well, if you cause any more problems that you're going to be kicked out of here. And I'm just like, what? Like, what is happening right now? I could not even, like, I was, I was crying. Like, I was like tears, like down my face. I was like, I cannot believe that this is happening to me. Like I didn't do any of this stuff. And like, they're all ganging up on me. And I think my friends were just so terrified. They didn't say anything like, and they, they heard what I was saying to the girl too. And they didn't say anything because I think they were just like, Oh my gosh, we don't want to get kicked out. And I was like, can you imagine Julie's story? She gets kicked out of airports now. Apparently I'm so scandalous. I just get kicked out like crazy. Definitely never been kicked out of an airport. Thank goodness. Oh my gosh. But anyway, in terms of branding and how your brand handles various situations of conflict, just know that there will be conversations about it later, whether they are good or they are bad. And as much as sometimes it's really, really difficult when a client is being really hard, I think it's 
always better to seek to understand and to ask questions and to make sure that you can understand where they're coming from before you smack down the judgment of thou shalt not, here's my contract kind of thing. I think a lot of times what I've seen and heard as a coach various women is just that um, lots of people experience fear and anxiety like crazy and it manifests so hard inside the client experience. Like, especially when you're dealing with really intimate type things, I've dealt with it sometimes with, you know, branding, but, um, I know like photographers have definitely dealt with it. Wedding photographers, hairstylists, that kind of thing. They've dealt with clients that are really difficult because the client is just afraid. I feel like fear is just one of those things. It's just, rears his ugly head and like it don't chop off the client's legs to try and kill the fear. Just go after the fear and make them feel safe. And they're going to be that much more to talk about the amazing client experience that they did have with you. So that's my little take on um, vulnerability inside of a brand. I also think that um, one of the things that helps really protect from kind of dealing with some of those moments is making sure that you have the right client. And I was actually working on this today because I developed a totally free um, client guide. And if you go to my um, IG my Instagram, you can get access to this ideal client workbook and it's totally free. And I created it for my clients when I work with them inside of my coaching experience. But I really want to make sure that so many people get it. So many women get it because if you have clarity about who your ideal client is and you're able to very clearly define who they are and very clearly define who you are not supposed to be working with. I call these like the Felicia's or the Toby's. Like, you know, in that moment where Michael sees Toby, he came back in the office, like Toby came back to work and Michael's like, no, no, we all have Toby's and also Felicia's. We need to make sure and say bye Felicia to clients that are not a good fit for us. Not because we're mean. It's not because we're mean. It's because we know that somebody else will serve them better and we're not the right fit. I'll never forget. Um, I had developed a really, really, really intentional, um, ideal client guide for myself. And I had listed out like qualities and this is actually in the worksheet as well. Qualities of, um, ideal like clients that I didn't want to work with. So you have the ideal client qualities and then the qualities of somebody that I just did not want to work with. And, um, within, oh gosh, it was, it felt like as soon as I got it done within, couple days, I had gotten an inquiry from somebody that I just didn't feel like was a good fit. You know, like when you, you get somebody inquire and you can feel, you can feel, and it was like, it wasn't anything about this person at all. It was just, there was something, you know, it was just something, just something like, mm, um, and I thought maybe I was just like, you know, being dramatic or whatever. But as it went on, I was like, no, this is, this is definitely not, not going to be a good fit. And I just learned through that process that, you know, you can, you can do a lot of great work for people that are not a good fit and it will just end up draining you and making you feel exhausted. And it's definitely not worth it. It's not worth giving your time, space, energy, and attention to people that are just not a right fit for you. And it's not good for them either because they deserve to have an amazing experience. And if you're miserable because there's a personality conflict or something else, you're not going to do your best work. So it's always just better just to let them go. Like, just break up with them. Even if they're just like blue hair dye and they don't want to go, it's okay to say, you know, we're, we're going to go in different directions now. And I'm going to make sure and connect you with somebody who's a way better fit for you. And, um, 
you know, then you'll do less crying in your process and that person will move on to somebody else. And that's a great thing all around. So thank you for listening to my podcast today. I know it was like all over the place, but I think that you get it by now. This is how I tell stories. The best stories come when I don't expect to tell them. And then I think, oh, this happened. And now I'm going to tell you everything. And you know, you get a lot of that around here. So thank you again for listening. I would really love to hear from you. Go ahead and send me an anger voice message. I would absolutely love it. It'd make me feel so happy. It would let me know that you're here. You know, my podcast doesn't let me know who's listening. So I won't know that you're here unless I see your little message come up and or I see the number of people listening. But thank you again for being here. And I can't wait to talk to you soon. Okay. So much love. Bye.